Okay. We've got to re-record episode 15 because I had a clipping problem again. But I'm back in the car, and it's probably a better place to do it. The, the wind noise is not a factor. So maybe I'll walk and give the rough draft, and if it's a good rough draft, I'll hit send. And the ones that are not so good or I kind of wish I had another take, I'll do this process of when I get back in the car and the wind is gone, and it's just the sound booth in here. You get a little bit of, little bit of noise like me putting my seatbelt on just now. But, um, yeah, we'll just re-record. They'll have the chance now to have a kind of a second thought about it. So the point today was Dark Money. I've been reading Dark Money. A friend of mine kicked me a couple of links last week that uh, illuminated some things I've overlooked. I'd also received some of my first feedback off my podcast. And um, it was uh, some criticism about my hyperaggression towards leftists. And, um, you know, it was fair criticism. And that's why I, I got excited about the fact of digging in these... Um, these new books, because I know that I'm, I'm probably unfairly biased against what I, you know, mostly that I perceive as fashionable leftism, and and that the people who are very uh, excited about that are are, are are just just never questioning their views or anything. They just kind of going with it because it's fashionable and it's the in thing. It's the new, you know, it's the new trendy item. But. Dark money has illuminated something else that I also know is very true. And that is, on the right, uh, more so, it's being documented in this book, and I, I suspect I'll, I'll, I'll very much resonate, this message will resonate with me, that the right and the talking points of the right, you know, the, the scripts from which the politicians read, and the mantra was actually formulated by dark money. And these dark money groups do not have your interest they don't want even want to be around you. I mean, chapter one of this book got into the Koch brothers. Now, I flippantly in the past have remarked that, that any private business that's successful and gets things done, I automatically kind of give them a pass, knowing nothing about the story of the Koch brothers. And look, in the story, there are things that 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 resonate with me and that, that that I can get with. I like the story of people who figure shit out. And in the case of Fred Koch, the kind of the founding patriarch of the family, he figured out a way to do refining a little bit differently. And according to the story in this book, the government and the vested interest at the time, the oil companies and, and the energy companies, wouldn't allow him to play ball. They said he had done patent infringement or something along those lines. He couldn't do it. So seeking customers in one of his first ventures, it wasn't called Coke Industries at the time. I think it was called Heinkel and Coke. Don't, don't again, use the comment feedback loop, please, to correct anything that I get wrong. Because I just, you know, I don't have an editorial staff to prepare a script for me to read. I'm doing this live. And the juice is valid. You guys can pick the pulp out for me. I could use the help. But Hinkle and Coke, or you know, the Coke industry's predecessor, got it one of his first major breaks from, from Joseph Stalin. 
and they, they needed to get, uh, they were trying to do at the beginning of the five-year plans, get an energy program going and get uh, petroleum refining going, and, and they hired him to do it. And he built, I think, 100 refineries before they figured, you know, kicked him out and said, we'll do it ourselves. We got it from here, Fred. And, you know, just kind of take it and ran with it. And that's where you know, some of his very anti-government, anti-communist feel, you know, views came from. They were forged in the history fire. So, you know, there's a valid, some validity to, to being a little bit of a radical there if that's happened to you, if that's your background. He also did, which is less clear, it's much more murky and hidden, work for, for the Third Reich at Adolf Hitler. And he helped them get their war machine fueled because he helped them build refineries as well. Which, of course, is very controversial. But the story of someone who figures things out, you know, has a special place for me, as it should. We should cherish humans. I'm not talking about humans who do deals with Hitler, but humans who figure shit out. And humans who are skeptical of somebody trying to prevent or take away or block them or get in their fucking way. But <laughs> it goes way, way further than that, unfortunately. And it... What it becomes and became and is, is various failed efforts to form political parties back in the late 70s and early 80s. And then, because they realize that trying to form another party is a waste of time, they then say, you know what? Most politicians are basically marionettes and they just read off a script and kind of keep the momentum of whatever going. So we're gonna change the talking points and we're gonna change the focus. And then they're going to be singing our tune instead of someone else's tune. And that's the game they very much got into. And they're not exclusive. Dark Money is a story of the right. And where some of the radical views on the right come from. And where they came from. And how they're not for you. They're not good for you. They actually make your life worse. They make your life far more challenging. For example... Life with no Social Security. Life with no Medicare Medicaid. Life with no safety net at all. Life without anything to force somebody to pay you a little bit more. Life with no occupational safety. Now, before you get too excited, I don't trust any of those motherfucking places either. And you shouldn't either, because every layer of everything in 2020 is mired in self-serving bureaucracy and red tape and it is a legitimate fucking thing to be completely over the mud and bullshit. You should be on that game too. But we don't need to tear it down. Okay? We, we, to, to completely defund Social Security by not having any taxation, thus shrinking government to something that is nowhere near a force to be reckoned with, is folly. We, we can't, guys. You, you can't. It's not realistic for everyone in 2020 to pull themselves up by their bootstraps. That is such a fucking piece of shit lie. The only thing that's true in that is your fire inside and your willingness to kind of see the world like that a little bit. Just so you have some responsibility in your gut and you go for shit and you try to make shit happen. Okay? That's the, that is important some discipline. 
with yourself. Because if so, then you're squandering your consciousness. You're squandering your brief lifespan, and you're just an idle, you know, kind of lazy whatever. I mean, but, I, you know, I'm not saying you have to impose that on people, though. If, if for whatever reason someone wants to take a fucking nap or wants to be lazy for a little while, fine. Good. you got to have a world with, uh, with both. But to say, pull yourself up by your bootstraps or else suffer tremendous, horrible economic catastrophe with no, nothing to stop it is ridiculous. Because the real wells of wealth, the real things, are already gained, bought, owned, tied up, you ain't getting, you're not getting that. Sure, once in a blue moon, somebody's going to reinvent a wheel somewhere. And we want to, we want to nurture that and water that absolutely. The entrepreneur, the guy that figures it out, the Fred Cokes. We want to nurture that. What we do not want to do is allow the wealth and power that comes with figuring something out to then be handed down generation to a next generation or a third generation and then get so locked in that there's literally nothing else for anybody else to have or not enough for everybody to go around. That's that's ridiculous. I, I know it's hard for people to get their arms around, but I think that to pull yourself up by your bootstraps and there is no help in any form, shape, form, or fashion for anything beyond that, will not work. And I know that the, the, the more communistic sides of the debate would say, well, if, if society owns everything, well, then everybody gets a little, a little provision. No thanks. I don't want you, the gatekeeper, you corrupt pile of shit, to dictate what little scraps I get. Nope. I don't trust you. And you shouldn't trust you either. So, dark money illuminates the reality that on the right and left, but this one's focused on the right, you have ginormous piles of money. Well, more money than you can ever conceive of. It's not a couple million. It's not tens of millions. It's, it's like billions of dollars. Thousands of millions. Coupled together with other people that have that kind of money. People that can spend a hundred, two hundred, five hundred million dollars on some type of campaign. Be it an educational campaign or a foundational campaign or you know, a political campaign. These people are own and receive daily income in excess of what the companies most of you guys work for make in a year or ten years or a lifetime. They get locked in interest in some form or dividend check in some form every quarter in excess of what the entire city's population makes in a year. You know, shit like, I mean, just insane numbers, okay? I don't, I'm not going to say you're turning this into a fucking statistical expose. I, I welcome people to chime in with various tidbits and illuminating stats and such. My point is, this money is beyond what you can conceive. 
and getting faster. As Thomas Piketty in Capital pointed out, the mathematical trend is it's going to continue even faster. Give me another example. Like in the Southeast, I'm a guy who likes to go to Dunkin' Donuts. And I know you bootstrap people have a problem with that because you're like, well, maybe if you didn't buy coffee every day, you'd actually have some money there, Jerry. See, it's your fault. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. How about this? I'll just sit at home and I'll eat rice and beans every day and drink water. And I won't drive. And I won't go to movies and concerts. And I won't buy musical equipment to try to make art myself. And I'll just have the bare bones bullshit and I won't complain about it. How about that? Is that what you want? So my point is, you go to Dunkin' Donuts, you get your coffee. In the Southeast, you, you, you'll notice, and again, this is not a racial observation, it's a capital reality of the modern thing, so don't get too fucking excited. But you'll notice a lot of Dunkin' Donuts seem to have an Indian or Pakistani or somebody from that part of Southeast Asia, South Asia. They look like the owners and the workers or from that neighborhood. Now why, do you think? Well, again, without making this a big statistical expose, I suspect there's order of magnitude 10 families of Indian or Pakistani or Sikh origin, a capital group, and they've gone and bought, and bought a thousand of these. Good. All the rules of economics say that that's good. My point? You ain't getting in that game, bro. You're not getting in it. Most likely, for you stat heads, most likely, you ain't getting in that game. In fact, to buy any of these established businesses where people drive up and in a good corner, all the corner real estate, the good spots, with their little cars, and you get yourself something and you spend your money... All that's been bought, that's all beyond what you can realistically save. You know, you need 300000 500000 million bucks to buy in, ante up, for your right to claim a couple hundred bucks a day in coffee revenues. And you aggregate those, those together, you're talking about billionaires. My wife works at a company that owns, I think, like 700 Taco Bells. And again, I'm not... This is the problem I have with the, left, with the leftists and the aggression of that. I'm not trying to tear all that down. Okay, whatever is and has been, it is what it is. I don't, I don't think the best use of human bandwidth is to get into yet another bloody-ass fucking war about it. Some of you guys can't wait. and You're licking your goddamn chops for that sort of thing. I just think that that's folly and stupid. And ultimately, it'll just be poor fucker, poor ignorant fucker, angry... Let <laughs> me add some poor, ignorant, angry, crazy, lunatic fucker versus another poor, lunatic, angry, crazy fucker and the machine guns will open up and people will be blown to fucking smithereens and then the, the nasty gases and fucking camps and, and jails and just craziness and then somebody will emerge eventually through the dust will settle and there'll be a rebuilding period and it'll just go on and on and on it, it makes no sense to waste time on that right now 
why don't we A, read some fucking books, you know, turn off your shit, turn off your Fox, turn off your fucking Maydow, turn off your Trevor Noah, listen to a couple of fucking books. Like, for example, you Trump people, why don't you listen to some of the books that were written about him last year? You may find that you really don't like that dude that much. That not much about him is in common with you. Not much at all. And then, you might take the trouble. Didn't take very long for me to rip two two chapters of it. Read something like Dark Money. So you might, if you shut the fuck up, be like, oh man... I didn't realize that that's where that came from. I thought that was from the Founding Fathers. No. It was cooked up by a billionaire. And by design, placed into the fucking dialogue. Into the debate. To benefit them. So you can't get to their money. Because they're afraid of you. And that's the part I can can get with. They should be. I should be afraid of you. I'm afraid of you. I'm afraid of myself. You give anybody too much power, you give them a blank check, you look out. So dark money gets into the reality that there are giant piles of money that decide talking points and think about what they want. And then they put that out there in the form of think tanks or talk groups or church groups or pundits on television, you know, your Glenn Becks or something like that. I hate to use names because somebody, oh, I'm going to sue you for that. Ah. I got to, I got to, sometimes you got to use a name to make a point and an example. It's not that you're saying he's the devil or he's funded. I don't fucking know Glenn Beck. I don't, I have no idea. I've always been buried in newspapers and surviving in the rat race and trying to fucking make improve myself and, and, and fix mistakes I've done in the past and just keep getting better. And, oh, by the way, I've realized that despite my efforts over the years to not be a dumbass, to not be a fucking ga- idiot, I am. I can't help it. I guess I'm just dumb. But guess what, motherfucker? I'm here to remind you daily, I hope, with your support, that you too are a dangerous dumbass. You're too fucking lazy and too egotistical to read a book. Or if you read a book, it's like a leisure thing for you. You, you put your little glasses on and sit there with a cup of tea, and you're basically just fucking off taking a nap with your eyes open. I don't know, I'm talking about learning something, man. Like, you're like, well, why do I think that way? Kind of learning. Or, what is the science of that? Yeah, because the politics stuff is just tearing us to shreds. And I want to focus on the economics now, like right now in 2020. But in 2021, I don't want to talk about that anymore. I want us to kick so much fucking ass with the humanomics initiative that humanity has this baseline where everything is fucking taken care of and done, thus freeing up shit tons of time and bandwidth so we can get on with our goddamn lives and quit with all this fucking nonsense all the time and bullshit. It is so frustrating. So dark money illuminates 
the reality that there are moneyed, vested interests that create the narrative bubbles in which we live and the talking points that you hear. And that if, if we the people, I'm talking on a human global level, if we the people don't get our heads out of our asses and quit serving as minions for these various puppeteers, if we don't get our heads out of our asses and start thinking and conceiving and, and thinking about what do we want out of this deal, what, do, what does humanity want? And I strongly advocate the American middle class lifestyle with its house and its cars and its utilities that work and its econo- and its internet freedom. All the stuff that goes into that. No censorship. No censorship. None of that bullshit. Call out stuff, yeah. Like Adam T. the other day on episode 12, calling out Alex Jones. Fucking right. Call that motherfucker out. And if you cross a line, and let's say you enact hate speech to the point where people are actually getting clubbed in the head over your shit, then maybe you're liable for that. But beyond that, the beyond the violence and stuff like that, yeah, I don't know if we should be censoring. Let's just keep all that. But the American middle class lifestyle for all of humanity. And we're going to spend the time in 2020 laying out that, that, that basket of good and, goods and services, laying the current prices and laying what the prices would need to be given the wages, because that's the fastest way to get there, is take the wage levels that most earn now and distribute that across these, this basket of goods and services so, such that everybody gets the goods and services. Everyone gets that basket of goods in exchange for some time and some income at a, at a very modest number because that's what the, the economy pays us. I call it the, the $10 an hour lifestyle. So the American middle class lifestyle that you can afford for $10 an hour with a 30 hour work week or less by the way. Fuck this 40-hour shit. It's too much time. It's too hard to pawn your kids off on some statist fucking bullshit sitting in a room ruining your kids thing. Some dumb school. Fuck that. Let's make the numbers work. Okay, the first thing you're going to hear is, oh, you can't do that. There's not enough land. There's not enough wood. There's not enough plastic. There's not enough steel. There's not enough this. There's not enough that. There's not enough copper. not enough lithium. Whatever. There's going to be a bunch of hurdles, a bunch of roadblocks, a bunch of you can't because blank, blank, blank. Well, that's our work in 2020. The Humanity Party, the humanistics, the humanomics people, the, the listeners, this, this community that will grow, not some weird shit. I'm talking about John Birch Society or fucking some Antifa fucking bullshit, some crazy right or left wing. No, 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 no. Fuck that. All the stuff, all the familiar goods and services, and maximum free time, and maximum freedom. Yeah, you can do bong rips. All that baked into a budget instead of numbers. And then we're going to use 2020, we the people, to make that reality. And when we come up against a real roadblock and one of science or engineering challenge or fundamental law of physics, then we'll reallocate or go around or do a workaround or forge some new science, some new R&D, 
some new method or technology or algorithm. And you know what? Without even doing this already, I know it's doable. And it's doable up to a $10 billion planetary population with very little or no environmental pollution. You, you don't believe that? Buy the book. Buy Humanomics. I'll sell you on that. Because the sooner we start thinking like that, the sooner we can get busy building that. And I don't want to build it over 10 years or five-year plan. I, don't know. I want to do it in 2020 using COVID. This, this, this is the silver lining of COVID is that we're all been disrupted. Our, the momentum of the last 15,000 years of human civilization has been abruptly interrupted so that we can step back and be like, you know what, why are we doing it that way now? It may have made sense 100 years ago or 1,000 years ago or 10,000 years ago, but it doesn't really make sense now. And what I really want now as a species is maximum freedom and maximum time and minimal bullshit and minimal security threats. Minimal interruptions to my train of thought. That's what I want now. And we can get that. We can get it this year. So imagine if all of a sudden we're well down the road of achieving that core fundamental reality for humanity by the end of 2020. Obviously, you're not going to build every house and finish every transport and reinvent or reallocate or rethink the utilities that plug it all in and connect it all. You're not going to do all that in five, six months. But you can already be so much down the road of illuminating that path that it's it's in people's bones at that point. Like, well, we're, this is what we're doing. We're doing this. We're going to make that happen. We're going to will that collectively as a species into existence. Now, why? A, I'm sick of all talk. I'm sick of talking about it. I'm sick of every fucking human interaction being tainted or contaminated with economics. You're worried about money. You're worried about your job. You're worried about who's got what. You're worried about what he did. You're worried about who, who, who did you wrong in the past. You're worried about slavery. You're worried about retribution. You're worried about re- reparation. You're worried about your budget. You're worried about your home. You're worried about your taxes. You're worried about the road condition. You're worried about the air quality, the water quality, the food quality. You're worried about the Donald Trump. You're worried about Joe Biden. You're worried about Hillary Clinton. You're jealous of Jeffrey Epstein. Ah, that's controversial, isn't it? It's all economics, man. It's making us all crazy. Why? And of course it does. It's what you have. You have no choice. You have to spend time thinking about economics and jobs and money and rat racing all fucking day long, every day. And if you're born into a, a country like that's not as good as ours in terms of economic opportunity, well, fuck, it really sucks for you. Especially when you get a fucking computer in your pocket, you realize how the other half lives. That sucks. Huh. I never really looked up for my uh, for my religious text long enough to realize that uh, yeah, this is a this is a little outdated. It doesn't really apply anymore. Don't really need this anymore. So so you're gonna trend there anyway. You're gonna trend that the materialism of the world 
and all the technology and engineering and science and everything we've done is not going to go away. So if it's not going to go away, why, why endure the pain and suffering of just eking by, bootstrap people? Why not make it better? So what you'll gain when you finish that initiative in 2020, the humanomics initiative, whatever you want to call it. I'm calling it that because I want to tie it to the book and I want the book to, which I need you for you to support. I need you for you to support the podcast. Please, please, please. Doesn't cost a lot of money. Helps me keep doing this full time instead of trading all my time for a job right now. And then, and then we all get to do this. Okay? We all get to think about that. But in the book, we're going to lay it out. Sorry, I get distracted trying to monetize, but I have to. Because I, the time that will be required to get this organized and get it in motion will be voluminous. It'll be more, way more than any one person could ever do. But I do think we're on to something here. And if we do that, we remove this economic, constant economic, economic annoyance and stress and danger and corruption, then we free everybody, we free everybody up to do whatever's going to be next. And whatever's going to be next, fuck it, we can vote on it. We can list out the 10 things we want to do next as a species, as humanity. Clean up the environment, fine. At the end of the 2021, there'll be no fucking trash plastic in the oceans. What, skim every fucking thing off? Skim off every algae bloom? Put that shit somewhere to process it? We'll rethink waste management. We rethink water and sewer treatment. Rethink aging infrastructure. Here's one I want to add. A little shrimp to the Barbie. I want corresponding bike slash walking slash e-bike paths alongside every road in the country so that bikers and walkers and smaller transport, electric transport people have a separate set of byways, uh, lanes to do that. Okay, let's add that little shrimp to the Barbie. Oh, can't do that. You're fucking, this guy is crazy. He he just is in la-la land. Oh, really? I'm driving on a little nondescript road that was nothing 100 years ago. They didn't even have the asphalt invented, I don't think, by then. Go back 150 years, didn't. And I'm looking at power lines. They didn't have electricity before 1900. They didn't fucking have any of this. So so if we can do all this in 150 years, are you, you're telling me we can't build sidewalks? That's your argument? There's not enough concrete. Oh, now you're getting into the humanomics thing. See, let me find the real roadblock. Let's get up against the science and the technological, and then, and then we'll punch through that. Maybe it's got to be packed stone. Maybe it's got to be packed earth. Maybe it's got to be a byproduct uh, chemical of some, something that we waste. Maybe we're just pushing dirt, dirt and patting it down. It's kind of what we did with the canal paths around here, the Erie Canal, two, 200 fucking years ago. Maybe we can dredge the oceans. Maybe we can mine and dredge the oceans and then pull those sea levels down away from those coastlines and claw back some land. Oh, you can't do it. What do you mean you can't do that? You, you can't dig up the bottom of the lake and put it around, put it on the land, building up the land size so that it could withstand the flooding better? You, you can't do that? Really? 
pretty sure we got tractors and fucking shit to do that. And this is all like level one technology for us. Imagine what level two looks like. Level five. You non-creative partisan pile of shit. Yeah, you, the rightist, the leftist. You're the pro- you're the problem. You're the you're the roadblock. Not the technology or science. It's you. You're too dumb. You don't read. You don't think for yourself. You can't get away from your talk. You're too afraid to get away from your talking points, your vested interest, what, what you've spent 20 years believing. You can't do it, can you? You, you need to for yourself, man. All right, I've had to re-record this, so I've literally been talking to myself. Not really. I'm talking to you guys. I want to talk to you guys. But more important than talk, I want your support to push this into reality. Now. Let's do it now. Right now. We ain't got shit else to do. We're bored as a species. The root of all of our problems is our fucking collective boredom. So let's get her done. I love you. Please support it. Please look for Humanomics and buy it. I love you. Take care. And have a great day. All right.